Today on Breaking Bullying, where we are breaking the silence. From the mother to the child, a multi-generational tale of bullying. Plus, some really strong advice on how to prepare your children from a young age on how to recognize and process bullying. Let's hit the music and let's get started. So before we get to our interview, I would be remiss if I didn't bring in my co-host, Tim. How you doing today? I'm doing good, Bruce. How about yourself? I'm doing well, Tim. I'm very excited for what we have in store. So without further ado, joining us now is Samantha Clayton, athlete and competitor at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. With as much fortitude as that took, she is also a mother of four. And on top of that, she's a fitness and nutrition expert. Samantha, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. It's an honor to be on with you, but life is treating me well right now. I'm definitely a happy camper. Before we get into your story of bullying, am I right in assuming that not only were you an Olympian, but you have a family member who is about to become one? That is correct. So I competed in track and field in the Sydney Olympics in 2000. And one of my daughters, um, well, both of them run track, but one is really excelling right now. She just won California State Championships for CIF for the 100 meters. And we're about to go to the UK to compete in the UK at the British Championships. So her hopes are to be on the relay team in 2024 in Paris and be um, an Olympian in her own event in 2028, right here on our doorstep in Los Angeles. So I'm enjoying her journey. It's a lot of fun doing it this way around. A lot easier on me, for sure, to cheer from the sidelines. Life wasn't always so good for you. Back when you were a child, you were bullied. Would it be fair to say that you were a little bit of a, you were a little bit different than other kids in your neighborhood, and you were picked on because of that, correct? That's correct. So I was raised in the inner city of Birmingham and was one of very few kids of color in my neighborhood and got picked on that and called names a lot. Since a lot of our listeners are in America, could you lay out a little bit what the inner city of Birmingham was like? Yeah, so I was raised by a single mom with three sisters in public assisted housing, which is very similar in a sense to how America has public assisted housing. Typically, poor socioeconomic area, people, you know, not have a lot of means. And with that comes drugs and violence and all the, the scary things that, that, that you hear of here in the States. It's, it's quite similar. We just don't have the worry of guns. We just have the worry of more people fist fighting or using knives, that kind of thing. So it's very similar, I would say, to, you know, disadvantaged areas of the U.S. Blocks of flats, you know, apartments with tons of homes in, not very well upkept, but yeah. Here that would be called Section 8 housing, but yeah, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, very similar. What was life like for you as a child there? You know, it was... Definitely tough, you know, being raised by a single mom with this, four, she had four girls in not the best neighborhood, you know, it's tough. You don't have the things that you want to have, you know, clothing, food, everything kind of comes hard to you. But I was lucky. My mother was very positive. She's raised out of that situation. I'm an Olympian. My sister's a two-time Olympian. My other sister made the British team. 
we all are educated. My mom gave us a solid foundation of your circumstances don't make who you are. So I think now I look at it as a benefit. But at the time, of course, as a kid, you know, I was was quite a sad child growing up, um, if I'm honest. Strength out of adversity. Definitely. So Samantha, tell us what you experienced as a kid when you're getting picked on. Yeah, of course. So for me, a lot of the time bullying would happen on the way to and from school. So kids calling you names, most of the time they were racial names I was being called, or it could be about your shoes, not having the right clothing, just the the typical types of bullying you would hear of. But for the most part, it was just verbal bullying, the calling of names that would happen to my sister as well. And then unfortunately, at one point I did get physically bullied. And that was kind of the end of the journey that put an end to the bullying. But for so long, just being called names and, you know, having that feeling of not feeling good enough, you know, you already don't feel great because you're different. Maybe you're, you know, in my class, I had a few Indian friends in my class, but there was two. And then there was me. And that was like the whole diversity of our classroom. So there wasn't a whole lot of diversity. And so you already feel very conscious. So then when you're being called names on top of that, you know, growing up, it's just, it's difficult to deal with for sure. How long did that go on for? You know, pretty much up from very early on, like, you know, when you first start going to school around about five or six until I was nine. And then after the age of nine, I felt like I found a new level of confidence where I portrayed myself as somebody that doesn't need to be bullied. I I think, you know, I was very meek and timid and always smiley and I was happy and I think sometimes bullies target people who seem like they're not going to fight back or argue back. And I would never have anything to say back. I would just put my head down and not want to get involved. You know, I just never wanted to get in trouble or start anything. So, yeah, from about six to nine, I have very strong memories of being called names and being picked on for my clothes and, you know, for not having a dad at home and just whatever they can think of that's bad, you would get called names for. You mentioned a physical altercation that was the culmination of all of your bullying. What happened? Yeah, so up until this day, the bullying had always been just being called names on the way home from school. You know, um, back in the days where kids of age seven, eight, and nine, you would just walk home from school. We're like latchkey kids. We have a key to the house, mom's working. And so you'd often have to walk home. And there was one day that when I wasn't going home with my sister, I had to walk home alone. And two of the girls that had been picking on me as I'm passing through the park had pushed me down, were hitting me with sticks off a tree. I mean, it was pretty crazy moment in my life. I still, you know, remember it pretty vividly. But the worst part of it was they kind of trapped me there, telling me they weren't going to let me go and making me peel the sticks. So imagine making you peel the bark off the sticks. And if I wasn't peeling the bark off, then they would hit me with the sticks they have. I mean, it was When I think of it now as an adult, it's just shocking to me that it happened, but it was pretty crazy. And eventually I had to just escape and run off and run home and run run to my sisters. They were having you peel the bark off of sticks. Yeah. So imagine, so back home, you know, we, there's a lot of greenery, a lot of trees and there's a tree called, it's like a birch tree and it has like a silver birch on it. It's like a silver coating, like And they were literally, they were like, you're going to peel the sticks. And so kids would do that quite often when you'd peel the birch off the sticks and then you have this like beautiful clean stick. And yeah, so that's what they were making me do. Like I was 
They were having you peel sticks. Were they then hitting you with the clean sticks? No, they would hit me with the sticks that they had hold of. But if ever I would stop peeling them, then they would hit me. How long did that go on for? You know what? You know, I it's hard. Like your memories of a kid, like it felt like a long time. But thinking about it, maybe five to ten minutes probably you know, wasn't a huge amount of time before I decided I'm a really fast runner. Hence the fact I ran in the Olympics. I was fast. Even at that age, I just decided to run away. And again, I think a lot of that is I was quite timid. So the fact that they were doing it, I didn't feel brave enough to not let it happen. Does that make sense? I was like, oh, I'll just do it and then they'll stop. But when they didn't, I just decided to run for it and ran home. Did you tell your mother? No, I actually, when I got home, my oldest sister, who was at a different school at the time, she was the one that was home. And so I was crying, of course, and I explained to her what happened. And she knew one of the girls and where the girl lived. And my sister was five years older than me. So she's, you know, if you think at this time, if I'm eight years old, you know, she's on that early teen age. And she's like, I know who she is. This is not going to happen to you. It's your own fault. You let people call you names. You let people bully you. You need to push back. And so my sister literally dragged me to this girl's house who was like maybe three streets down. And my sister knocked the door and the girl came out. And my sister, and that moment, forced me to fight the girl. She was like, you're going to hit her back right now in her own front yard. And I was like, I'm not. She said, if you don't hit her, I'm going to hit you. And I was more scared of my sister than I was of the bully. So I ended up having my first ever physical fight at that moment. It was crazy. It was um, my first ever fight was in somebody's front yard. Just to get the sequence of events, did your sister like get you near the house and say, all right, I'm going to knock on that door. She's going to come out. You're going to pop her. Or did your sister knock on the door and force the girl out and then point at you and say, now punch her? How did this go down? She was warning me on the way that when we get there, you're going to hit her and she's never going to bully you again. And if you don't hit her, I'm going to hit you. So, you know, she's my big sister and she was quite tough. So literally when my sister knocked on the door, my sister kind of basically pulled her out of her house, closed the door and was like, why did you do this to my sister? And then my sister was made me hit her. And it was like, awful. I, I look at back at it now and I was like, that's like the worst way anybody should ever respond to bullying, I think. However, it did put an end to it. They never called me names ever again because now everybody of that age group was petrified of my sister. Clearly is crazy. <laughs> was crazy. Did she have you punch her once or was it like a fight? Did you? No, it was a full on fight. I mean, you know, I went, I hit, pushed the girl and then she pushed me back and there was hair pulling and I'm literally fighting in somebody's and I'm not a fighter. So, but in that moment, I just did it. And then the girl's mom actually came out and split it up. And then me and my sister went home and then told my mom and my mom's response was, well, she's probably not going to pick on you again. So it was done with, it was, you know, like I say, times were different back then. We're talking many, many moons ago where you were kind of taught if somebody's picking on you, you better stand up for yourself. And physically hitting somebody was acceptable back then, especially in the neighborhood I'm from. Now you mentioned you were getting called names to and from school. Did this ever happen at school? No, you know, I think I was just really lucky um, school back when I went to school, especially in England, schools very it was really strict environment. You know, we're always in full it's public school, but we're always in full uniform. There's like a code of conduct. There really wasn't bullying that happened inside of the school. It was always happen on the way to school or the way from school. And in the type of neighborhood I lived in, 
most kids are unaccompanied on the way to school and on the way home from school. It's not like here, like my kids had never taken themselves to school until they could recently drive. I, I've taken them there physically, me or my husband each day. In England, it's very different. Kids walk, Kids would just walk to school. So bullying happened on the outside of the school walls. How did your school prevent bullying? Was there a punishment that would happen to a kid if they were picking on you? Yeah, you know, I think that there was a lot of like, you know, you would have detention, you would be excluded from a lot of activities. So, you know, there's always troublemakers in school. And I felt like they would make quite an example of the troublemaker. You know, they wouldn't be able to have recess. They wouldn't be able to play sports. The consequences were quite severe for even just misbehaving and horseplay. You're going to detention. Your parents are being brought in. There's a three strike rule and you're going to not be in class. It, It was just a very strict school environment. So I'm curious, what was the first strike? What would that been like? There was no warnings. It was if you broke the, we had school rules, no physically hitting somebody, you know, no speaking back to the teachers, you walk in line. It's a whole different experience to school here in the States. I mean, obviously it's changed and it's probably a lot more liberal now, but, you know, we're talking many moons ago. I may look young, but, you know, I'm in my mid forties now and Back then, it was it was really strict. They had only just stopped the point of where they would spank kids with a ruler. Like, that was still happening when my sister was in school. It only just stopped when I was there. So there was kind of a fear element in school. So I didn't really witness any bullying inside of school, but a ton on the outside. A ton. Somebody was always getting picked on, called names. Yeah. Let's go back to, you had this fight. It was your first fight. How did you switch from being meek victim to not victim material? Yeah, I think in that moment, I think I was always scared of somebody hitting me or I had a lot of fear around the idea of somebody hitting me or being in a fight. But then once I did it that one time, forced to do it by my sister, I was no longer scared of it. Does that make sense? Like I had, I was very sweet and kind of quiet, more introverted, you know, more of a reading books or just doing formal sports. Like I wasn't part of the cool kid group or anything like that. And so I think I was always really fearful of the idea of ever being in a fight. I would never want to do that. I wouldn't want to upset my mom. I didn't want to do anything bad. But once that happened and it wasn't that big of a deal and I survived and came out fine and I didn't, I realized, oh, if I have to fight somebody, I'll fight somebody. I would never start a fight, but I feel confident now. And I think when you carry yourself in a way where you're more confident, if somebody called me a name after that point, which still, you know, people would still say stuff. I was like, oh, you're not going to say that to me. I'll fight you. I, you know, I, I think I started to stand up for myself or I would use my sister as a threat because my sister was known as somebody that she would, she wasn't a bully, but nobody would mess with her because she, she had been in several fights most of the time, in all honesty, my poor sister defending me and my other sister, Jackie, because Amanda's white. Amanda has a different father than me. So she spent a lot of her time fighting because they would be calling her sister's names. So I think in that moment, I realized like, wow, Amanda's pretty tough. No one's going to mess with her. So no one's going to mess with me now because they know they have to deal with her too. So I felt like in that moment, I realized you know what? I can deal with this. This is fine. I'm not going to have people bully me anymore. As a mother of four, having been somebody who was bullied early on, were you trying to impart lessons to them to help protect them? 
from situations that happened to you? For sure. And not just me, but my husband also. I feel that we both decided our kids are raised in an environment where they are often the minority as well. My kids are African-American. And often with that, unfortunately, comes name calling and bullying and you're the different one. And we just wanted them to handle themselves with grace and to not take things to heart, but also let people know you're not going to call me that. You can't call me names. And to have the open dialogue if anything was happening with them. But I was quite strict in our home in that I didn't allow them to bully each other. My husband always said the worst thing than a, you know, your kid being bullied is having a kid that is the bully. You don't want to be the parent that has the kid that's out there bullying others. So I think it was really important for us to make sure they understood, you know, you don't call each other names and you don't call other people names outside the house and you can't physically hit each other. And if you get annoyed, even when they're toddlers, I mean, I have triplets, so that's crazy in itself. You know, <laughs> teaching triplets to keep their hands to themselves is almost impossible. But, you know, we have the naughty step and you're not going to do it and you're not going to touch each other and bite each other like that. I feel like we did make an extra effort to have them have self-confidence because we knew their journey in the environment they were in was probably going to be a tough journey. Outside of your home, in school, did they experience bullying? Yes, definitely. Nothing that was ever very much ongoing, but, you know, occasional incidents of name calling, again, always to do with skin color, unfortunately. But yes, you know, they, they've experienced it at school. In elementary school, my son experienced it from a parent using a slur against him in a soccer game. Like we've had many instances where my kids have had to take a moment and think, Did somebody really just say that? So yeah, I've definitely had to have many a conversations with my kids throughout the years. You know, they're big teenagers now, but definitely had to have the conversations of don't let people speak to you like that. And, and often, you know, take it into our own hands where you'll speak to the parents as well. Like hey, this is what your kid is saying. And that's typically learned behavior. And you need to teach your child not to say stuff. How did the school react to this? You know, I think quite often schools turn a blind eye to bullying. And maybe they, they don't really wish to handle it, right? They, they don't want to, they don't want to accept that bullying is really happening. But you know, I'm lucky in one incident with my girls, the school did address it. And we sat down and, you know, had a meeting with them. But so I've kind of seen both sides. I've seen the, the private school that they go to now being quite strict and willing to nip things in the bud, but their public school before just brushing under the rug. Oh, that kid was just joking. They didn't really mean it. So I feel like I've experienced both angles with school. One school that just kind of brushes it off and doesn't want to deal with it. And then the other school where it's like, hey, we need to address this, have a meeting, you know, and, and resolve the situation. So I've kind of I've had a mix of both. With the public schools, were you able to ask them for a meeting? You know, no, actually. Um, I had a pretty great relationship with the principal at our school and could just speak off the cuff and just, you know, have a conversation. But again, nothing's done. Nothing is done. Like I said, especially on the occasion where a parent was the one that essentially bullied my child in a moment on the, on the playground after school. The school wanted nothing to do with it. Like, not that they don't even want to discuss it. And how did you handle that? Uh, my husband handled it by dealing with the parent, you know, and, and that's unfortunate because that feels almost like parental bullying. But, you know, sometimes you have to let people know you're not going to speak to my kids like that or we're going to have an issue. 
And that issue, you're not going to like it. So in that incident, he dealt with the parent directly and was like, if you ever say something to my child again, you'll be dealing with me. Don't address my child. Don't look at my child. Don't speak to my child. You'll be dealing with me, the adult. I actually had the same situation where a woman called my house, mother of a supposed friend of mine, who called to let me know that Hitler was right. So I can really relate to what happened to your child because it happened to me. Wow. And my mother had to do something very similar, except it was a lot more thready when she did it. Yeah, you know, it's hard because I I do feel for parents because there is this fine line, right, where you you want kids to learn to have the skills to deal with it themselves and stand up for themselves and know how to articulate in words if somebody says something that they don't shouldn't be saying. But I've had a very clear rule with my kids. I don't ever want you to hit somebody first. But if somebody does hit you, then you need to take care of it. You need to take care of yourself. Like don't, I've kind of prepared them not to be bullied and to deal with it. And, and you know, sometimes you think maybe that's not the right way to go either. You don't know what to, what's best, but I want to empower my kids that if in a moment, if somebody strikes them first, they are well within their rights to fight back. I, I don't, would never want to have a child that gets hit by people like I did in that moment where I was too scared to hit back. I was too scared until my sister forced me to do it. And sometimes if you're really dealing with a tough bully, they don't, that's the language that they speak. And, you know, the one thing that I, I will say that I found is apples don't fall far from trees. Whenever you're dealing with a bully child situation and you try to have a conversation with a parent, the parents act the same way. They're, they're essentially ignorant to it as well a lot of the time or in denial, one of the two. Have your kids ever had a go to that level where they actually had a fight back? They have not been physically hit by anybody. However, I will admit to my one child hitting a child on behalf of her brother. So my one daughter's quite sassy and her brother had been called a name, the N-word. She took it upon herself in class, in the classroom, to get up and push the child off the chair. Now, unfortunately, she was the one that took a a little days um, sitting outside in suspension. But really, the kid that had used the N-word, nothing happened to them. So in that moment, and I didn't, you know, what's funny is I, as a parent, I, I did tell my daughter, hey, you know what? You shouldn't have pushed him off the chair. You really shouldn't behave like that, even if you're defending your brother. But I'm not mad at you for doing it either because you were defending your brother. But please don't do it again, because I don't want you getting suspended from school or getting in trouble or getting used to doing those sorts of things. But it was kind of like, you know, the running joke in the family, like, oh, say something, she might go, (laughs) she might get you, you know. But yeah, but again, the school dealt with her, not with the fact that something atrocious was said to my son, so. I think sometimes when you push a kid so far, they're going to break. And it's going to probably turn physical. I had a student a while back. She was being picked on and she finally kicked this kid in the head. And the kid was bawling and crying. She was so proud of herself, though. Luckily for her, she didn't get in trouble for that. The, um, I asked her, well, what happened? Well, the teacher asked if that kid's okay. And he said he was, but he was still crying when he said it. When that happened, I noticed a change in that child. Her confidence has increased a little bit because now she realized hey, I can do something about this. It's sad, though, that 
it takes it that far for something to happen to get resolved. I feel like the schools right now, at least the people that we talk to and in my area, when kids get bullied, nothing seems to happen until it turns physical. Then they want to step in and do something about it. And sometimes they won't even do anything about that either. Yeah, it's a really tricky situation because, like I said, you don't you don't want your kids to have to fight, right? No, nobody wants our kids to be put in a situation where they can be physically harmed. You know, it's that thing where you, you kind of want to teach them also to turn the other cheek and walk away. And um, But it, it is hard because, like I said, in that moment where I had that physical altercation as an eight-year-old girl, it gave me the confidence to say, hey, I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be picked on. So yeah, it's it's really tricky, but I think that the schools definitely need to do more. Like I said, the school we're in now is it's an amazing school. Again, it's a quite a strict, you know, quite a conservative Christian school. It's a strong school. I'm not aware of a lot of bullying that happens there because I do believe people are more worried about getting maybe expelled or suspended from school because there would be consequences maybe. And again, now they're in high school, so maybe the stakes are higher and that's why. But I think in middle school is where it's more, most traumatic. It's where most of the bullying happens, I think, is middle school ages. and that- It's kind of where cliques really form, because in grammar school, kids are kids. Middle school is the start of the teenage years. This is where your identities start coming out, and this is where people subdivide. Yeah. So that probably plays a huge part of it. Yeah, you know, I noticed that I'm really lucky because I have triplets plus one that's just 19 months older. So it's like having two sets of twins. They always have friends in each other. So it doesn't matter if if they're not part of a friend group on the outside. They've always got each other and they're pretty much the same age. And so during that middle school time when clicks were happening and my one daughter, who's quite like I was when I was younger, she's a little bit more shy and artistic and sweet, where she wasn't being included by the cool group and not being invited or they one time they tricked her where they hadn't invited her to go to the movies but then they all went but they never ended up letting her go those sorts of things which I think is kind of mild bullying it's not severe where she's being called names but it's still upsetting it still upset her she's lucky that her sister's like well you just got me we'll go together but I agree with you the clicks form But I think as parents, we have to be ready and very aware and talking to them a lot. How does that make you feel the day that she was ignored like that by the friends and she was all dressed up, ready to go, and it was them playing a prank on her? Of course, she felt devastated. You know, it's not kind for that to happen. But my response was, they're not friends. You don't want to be in their friend group. If this is what they do now, these are the kids that are going to be the bad kids. You want nothing to do with them. It's really hard raising kids now. I'll be honest, especially the girls, like having two daughters. It's really hard. It's also tricky when you talk about having your kids fight back. At the same time, you don't want your kids to get in a physical altercation. But sometimes there is no option. You're in a corner and you have to stick up for yourself. And it's sad that that's what comes down to it. I don't promote kids doing that. Like I found out my student did that. I asked her, was there a better way we could have handled this? She goes, I could have told a teacher, but this bully's been on her case for like a year or so. It broke her because no one would help her. Yeah, that's t- it's so hard because I feel that I want to be my kid's advocate and I want them to be able to tell me and for me to deal with it. You know, you don't want your kids to have to deal with it, right? You, you want them to feel comfortable coming to you as the parent, that you'll handle it, whether it's with the other family, whether it's with the school, but almost taking the burden from the children. But like you said, sometimes 
they have to deal with it themselves. And that's maybe the lesson that they're going to learn. It's a tough, tough subject. You know, I was excited to be invited onto your podcast today. But, you know, talking about bullying in general, it's upsetting. It changes people's lives. People commit suicide because of bullying, especially middle school age girls. And that's a concern as a mother. I don't want my kids to ever feel that they're, you know, not part of the best, don't have the great friends or, you know, you, you worry about all these things. And so I think having the conversations out loud from when they're little about what bullying is and teaching them not to be a bully. And I would have serious consequences for my kids if I found out they were bullying. If a parent called me and said my child was bullying, I would want to get to the bottom of why they were feeling the need to behave like that. Or I know I would deal with it. I'm just shocked at how many parents don't want to accept if their kid is the bully. They often don't want to hear it. Or just don't care. Yeah, which is so sad. But again, most of those people are bullies themselves. You've been dropping a lot of really solid parental nuggets throughout the course of this conversation. What other advice do you have for the parents of children being bullied? I think my main piece of advice is that you are your child's savior. We're here to protect them, to listen to them, to nurture them, and to protect them. I feel that my advice to parents would be do your best to take the situation off of your kids' hands and deal with it yourself, whether that means you have to confront the bully's parents, whether you really have to push with school or maybe even try to remove your child from that situation. But I think as parents, we have to be the ones to confront it head on. That would be my advice to parents is ignoring it as a parent or just dismissing your child's feeling, I think is the worst thing you can do. You should listen to your kids, validate their feelings about how they feel, and then help come to a solution together of what you are going to do on behalf of your child. I think I don't like the idea of putting it in the child's hands. They're they're children. They shouldn't have to deal with it. I think as a parent, it's my job. If somebody's bullying my child, I'm going to step in. And if that means I have to become a bully to that child's parents, I'm willing to do it. If that means I have to go to the school and be an advocate and kick up a fuss, I'm going to do it because I don't want my child to have to. So I think that would be my biggest advice to parents is you're you're the biggest voice that your child has. It's our job to protect them and, you know, addressing it with the parent. Or I don't condone necessarily a, a parent addressing another child, but I would be more than happy to do that in a situation if I sin bullying. I would let a child, somebody else's child, it takes a village. That mentality of it takes a village to to raise kids. I would feel very comfortable telling a child who I think is bullying to say, hey, that's not an okay way to behave. Does that make sense? You know, I think parents need to step up and be brave for their children. Life is a lot harder now. I, I felt it was hard for me, you know, growing up. I think it's twice as hard now with social media. You know, for me, I got bullied on the way home from school or to school, which meant There was a lot of times where I wasn't experiencing that. Now kids are experiencing bullying 24 hours a day through social media, through being excluded on group chats, through being called names. It's happening 24-7. Suicide rates are really high in this age group for a reason. They have so much stress that they're dealing with. As parents, my advice, advocate for your kids and step up for them. You step up to the bullies on their behalf by addressing the bully's parents. That would be my biggest advice to everybody and don't dismiss your kids when they're sharing something with you it's very easy to brush things off i think we have to listen and validate their feelings that encourages them to share more 
You talked about you trained your kids at a young age on how to be more open with you about situations. At what age did that start? Like, I know I have a four-year-old right now and she'll say, I remember the kid's name, we'll say, Hunter hit me. But she says it in a fun way. So I can't tell if she's joking or not. So if your four-year-old said that to you, what advice would you tell that four-year-old? Yeah, I think I would ask questions. The one thing I've learned just even through, you know, my fitness and nutrition work is asking open-ended questions is the key to finding out the truth. Asking questions, what happened? How did that make you feel? Getting to the root by asking open-ended questions, not asking questions that are, you know, making assumptions or, but asking a lot of questions. I think that's one thing that I do with my kids even now. And when they were little, I would ask them questions. Well, why do you think he said that? Well, what do you think he meant? Because by them answering those questions, they're now processing what happened in what I feel is a healthy way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Asking them questions at their level so that they then get comfortable. And I think the hardest thing as a parent is to not respond back in a strong way. So I feel like you have to create that safe space. So you don't want to say, well, you should have done this or you should have done that. You ask them, what do you think you should have done differently? Does that make sense? So I feel like as parents, we naturally want to tell them what they should have done, how they should have handled it. I prefer the method of open-ended questions and letting them explain to me, well, how could you have handled that differently? Why do you think you did that? If this happens again, what are you going to do? And then give advice that way. And I think that can start as young as four. I mean, the level of kids now, four-year-olds are smart. I have a little five-year-old niece back in the UK. And I, you know, we joke from when she was three years old, we call her a three-nager. She was like a teenager at age three. You know, <laughs> they, they're so smart nowadays. So I think teaching them to answer questions with their feelings young, I think can help prevent a lot later on because our natural nature often is to close up and not share, especially when things don't feel good. So you know, I feel very lucky with my daughters and it takes work. You know, now I have beautiful conversations with them. They'll come and share with me because I know I'm not going to judge and I am just going to listen and I'm not going to give my mom advice, my 25 cents. I'm just going to listen and let them, them vent. If you could go back and give your younger self some advice, what would you say to yourself? I think I would go back and tell myself to have told my mom what was happening to and from school. I would tell my younger self that I wish I'd have told my mom. And I think when I look back now and I think I felt very protective of my mom and I didn't want to cause her problems. And, you know, when she's coming home after a long day at work, I didn't want to give my mom trouble. And that to me was trouble. I don't want to upset my mom because I'm upset. I feel if I could go back, because I know my mom probably would have stopped it much sooner, but I was protecting my mom and it's not a kid's job to protect their mom. And, you know, if it wasn't my mom, maybe I should have told people at school or dealt with it sooner, but being called names for years on end and just trying to ignore it, it's not healthy. And I probably didn't have to put up with it as long as I did. Maybe my sister would have helped me put an end to it years sooner instead of me just accepting that this is my fate. You know, I'm just going to be called names. I'm just going to deal with it. Yeah. So I would go back and tell myself to speak up much sooner than I finally did. It took a really bad situation to happen for me to even tell my sister. So you got a good point there. When you're being bullied, you don't want to make it your parents' problem issue. That's why I didn't tell my parents when I was bullied. They had their own problems. As a kid, you feel like if I tell them this, it's going to make them stress out more. 
any advice to kids how to speak up to somebody, I feel a lot of times it's it's kids feel shame and embarrassed. Yeah, I, because that was me. I just when things happen, you do feel ashamed and you do feel bad. I didn't want to upset my mom. I didn't want to ruin my mom's day. I didn't want my mom to have to deal with something else on top of the fact that she was raising us and doing all the stuff she was doing um, to try and make our lives better. I wish kids would understand that keeping things to yourself only makes it worse. Speaking as a woman, a lot of the times when bad things happen to young girls or women in the sexual space, a lot of the times people don't speak up because of that shame, because they feel embarrassed to speak up. And then those things are able to happen maybe longer than they should have done because we've been taught to stay quiet. I want to teach my kids to speak up. I, I hope that kids learn to speak up. If something's happening to you, you need to be loud about it because being quiet is not going to make it stop. Being quiet is just going to make it easier for people to abuse you, be mean to you. When you're being quiet, you're allowing the other person to continue their behavior. The only way you stop poor behavior towards yourself is to be loud about it. And you have to stand, you have to speak up. Being quiet is not doing the right thing, whether it's with bullying or anything else that's happening. And it's something that I'm hoping this new generation, I feel like they're getting louder and more sassy. You know, we were, you don't really speak until you're spoken to, you know, with a quiet generation, right? So I'm hoping that younger kids feel more empowered to speak their mind, speak up, because keeping quiet allows the bullying to continue. Until you speak up, you're in danger. And I, I hope that kids understand that. Yeah. While you're being quiet and nobody really knows, it's only going to get worse. Samantha, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience, your wisdom, your advice. If somebody wanted to follow you or reach out to you, where might they do this? Yeah, so I, you know, I have an Instagram. It's Samantha Clayton Fitness. Um, that's my handle. So Samantha Clayton Fitness on Instagram. And often there I post amazing sports videos, fitness and nutrition tips. And for anybody who wants to actually do any of my workouts, they can go to the Herbalife YouTube channel and find all of my workouts right there. And as for us, you can find the podcast and all your favorite podcasting outlets. Do us a favor and leave us a rating and possibly a review. We'd appreciate it. If you would like to actually get in contact with us, you can email us at breakbullyinghere at gmail.com. If you, your child, or someone else you know are experiencing bullying right now, there are resources available to you. To start, there's the government's own anti-bullying website. You can find it at www.stopbullying.gov. There's also another resource, which is the website www. Dot pacer dot org backslash bullying. If you're feeling hopeless and the thoughts of committing suicide are running through your head, please call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. There is someone out there who cares. This is Tim Flynn for Bruce Naxon. We are here to break the silence on bullying, and we will continue this conversation next week.